Welcome to Growing in Grace with Pastor Victor Morrison. This is a ministry of First Baptist Church located at 1700 Milam Street, Columbus, Texas. We are praying that God will bless you as you listen to this message. If you would like additional information on worship times and ministries at FBC Columbus, you can find out more at our website, fbccolumbustx.org. And now, take your copy of God's Timeless Word as Pastor Victor gives today's message. Welcome back to Growing in Grace. I want to tell you a true story. Some children were snow sledding down a slope between beneath a railroad bridge in Evanston, Wyoming. A couple of days after Christmas back in 2012, unfortunately, these kids were shocked when they discovered the body of a homeless man who had frozen to death from hypothermia. The local sheriff's department identified the man as Timothy Gray. His family had not heard from the lonely, desperate 60-year-old for 20 years. As it turned out, authorities had been searching for Timothy for almost a year to inform him that his great-aunt, Huguette Clark of New York City, had passed away and had bequeathed him $19 million of her $300 million estate. If only the legal team, the family, the network, anyone, if only they had found him before it was too late, just a few days earlier. Similarly, several passages in the New Testament refer to an amazing inheritance that we obtain through Jesus Christ. Ephesians 1 verse 11 speaks of it, as well as Colossians 3.24, Hebrews 9.15 I personally like what Peter wrote about our inheritance in Christ in 1 Peter 1.4, where he says that it is an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. It is kept in heaven for you. Wow. The Holy Spirit led the Apostle Paul to walk through the biblical, let's call it promised land, presented to us in Romans 8 verses 28 to 39, almost as though he were an appraiser attempting to assess the value of property. Paul closely looked over our inheritance in Christ and made a list of six incredible gifts given to every child of God, purchased for them through the tremendous sacrifice of Christ. What does Paul mean when he says in Romans 8.32, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? What things could he have possibly been referring to when he said that they were graciously given to us? Wow. I want to read this passage of scripture to you that I have great respect for. I respect God's word, all of it in its entirety. But certain passages just speak to me, and I believe this one will speak to you as well. Romans 8, 28 through 39 says this, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son 
that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died, and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I would like to talk to you today about our spiritual inheritance in Christ. And I want to use this passage to just highlight just some of those things that are given to us in Christ. The first one is this, the favor of God, the favor under the providence of God. You know, verses 28 through 31, they remind us of just how powerful our God is, how sovereign that he is. He's in control of all of life. As a matter of fact, he has such incredible ability that it doesn't matter what happens in our lives, it says that he is able to work those things all in his own powerful way to come together for a good purpose to those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. Wow. To me, that's incredible authority. That's incredible power. I don't know anyone else other than God that has this ability but isn't it wonderful to know that someone with such incredible power and authority and position, he also says this, that he is for us, not against us. Wow, that's amazing. I'm so glad that he's on our team. He's on our side. Whenever we make that decision, I want to trust Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, we step into this whole incredible world of grace that we discover through Christ. Grace. That's what I mean when I'm referring to the favor that is under the providence of God. Because I have this deep sense of humility that comes over my spirit almost daily as I realize that really I don't deserve anything that God has just been so gracious and so good to me and so merciful and so kind. Wow, that's an amazing thing. But then it leads me to the second wonderful aspect 
of our spiritual inheritance in Christ, that being the freedom from the penalty of God. You see, the mercy of God is staggering when you think about it, because I know that I'm just a sinner saved by grace, but then I realize as a sinner, if I were not saved by grace, what would be ahead of me? It's a terrible thing to consider when I think about the penalty for my sin, when I think about eternity and how long it is, when I think the reality of hell, all of these things make me shudder. But then to think that all of that has been paid for and taken care of. Twice in this text, it mentions a word, justified. These he also justified, it says, and whom he justified, these he also glorified. It's amazing when you think about it, that God justifies us. The word means that he doesn't now count our sins against us. Because the blood of Christ, the substitutionary sacrifice of Christ, has paid for that penalty. He's paid the sin debt that we owed. And so it's a wonderful thing to think that now I'm free of that heavy debt of sin that I owed. I also think it's a a wonderful thing to ponder what he says in verse 34 when he says, Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died, and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. But I got to thinking about Christ's death. The verse before that one in verse 32 says, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? It's a staggering thing whenever you consider that the penalty of our sins has totally been removed. Christ took the penalty. He paid the price. And because he paid the price, now that brings us to a third thing. I'm not going to receive the penalty that I would have received apart from Christ, but what will I receive with Christ? Oh my goodness. This leads us to the future. The future in a paradise with God You know, he mentions here that we are glorified in verse 30. He mentions in verse 34 that Christ died, but it goes on to say, and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God. How do we know that there is a heaven? How do we know that we can even go to heaven? We can know that because of what Jesus did. You see, Jesus conquered death. He overcame. Death was not the final word for the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he was sinless, the Father knew he did not deserve death. You see, the wages of sin is death, but Jesus had never sinned. And so he did not deserve death. He deserved life. And that's why his sacrifice means so much and counted for so much. Because the Father said, I'm going to raise my son to life. And so when he raised him to life, where is he now? Well, it says here that after he was raised from the dead, that he ascended to the right hand of the Father. You know, that's where he's going to be waiting for us. You know, I think about how 
the evangelist Billy Sunday used to talk about we are safe in the arms of Jesus. Before he became an evangelist, Billy Sunday was a major league baseball player. And so I thought it was really interesting how when he would go to the pulpit, he would like slide in like a man sliding into home plate. And then he would stand up and do his hands like the umpire and say, safe in the arms of Jesus. Wow. Isn't it great to know that our future is safe in the hands of Jesus? Isn't it great to know that when we cross home plate, that we will be safe and secure there with the Father because Jesus has already crossed home plate. He's already there. Speaking of baseball, I love baseball. I played baseball when I was younger. Did you see what happened yesterday? I don't know if you heard about the Cincinnati Reds game when they were playing against the San Diego Padres, but uh, one of the baseball players hit a foul ball, and the foul ball went into the stands, and there was a, a dad and a mom and a little bitty baby, almost looked like a newborn. And the dad is sitting in the stands, feeding the baby uh, a bottle of milk with his left hand. And suddenly the foul ball is coming right for the dad and the child. The dad looks up, he sees the baseball coming and calmly reaches out his hand and catches the ball with his right hand barehanded and caught it. And the mom couldn't believe it. I mean, she was stunned. She was so afraid one second, the very next second, she's giving her husband incredible high fives and hugs and everything else. Wow, what an incredible moment if you're a baseball fan. But just think how safe we are, how safe eternity is for all of those of us who trust Christ. Man, I consider that a future in a paradise with God. You do remember that when Jesus was on the cross, remember the one thief who turned to him and said, remember me, Lord, when you come into your kingdom. And he looked at that man and he said, assuredly, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. You know, I believe that heaven is that close for the believer in Christ. It's almost as though we walk through a doorway. One minute, we're in this life. The next second, we're in the next life, there with the Lord. That's why the Apostle Paul said, hey, for, for me to die, that's gain. Because he said, when I'm at home in the body, I'm away from the Lord. But when I'm away from the body, I'm at home with the Lord. So I just encourage you to look over the wonderful inheritance that is written for us here in Romans 8, 28 through 39. But believe it or not, I'm only halfway through with talking about the wonderful inheritance that we are given in Christ. There are a couple of other things. Let's say three more things that I wanted to share with you. Let's review what we've learned already, okay? The first one is, in Christ, we receive the favor under the providence of God. How wonderful His grace is. Secondly, we receive the freedom from the penalty of God, that penalty that a just God would have to give uh, all of us who sin against the Lord. But then the third thing that we learned was because Christ overcame death, ascended to the Father, we have a wonderful future in a paradise with God. But now I want to move to a fourth 
wonderful blessing, a gift that is given to each one of us, and that is the friendship that we have through prayers to God, the friendship that we have through prayers to God. It makes a difference, doesn't it? Whenever people are uh, praying on our behalf, lifting us up to the Father, I love that. I love to know that others are praying for me. But here's the thing I want to ask you. What about Jesus? What about the Holy Spirit? Did you know that the Lord is also interceding for us? That's right. That's what it says here. It says that he is interceding for us at the right hand of God. He makes intercession for us all the time, constantly. And so I'm thinking, thank you, God, that we have someone in a very high place who has such pull for us and is saying, I'm here uh, representing you before the Father. I love that. So that's another incredible gift that is given to us because Jesus uh, is our Savior and our High Priest. But let me move next to another thing that the text tells us. What about the faithfulness of the presence of God? The faithfulness of the presence of God. You know, verse 35 through 39, uh, they list a lot of really tough circumstances that we go through in our lives. But all of these circumstances and different scenarios, they're all prefaced by one question. Maybe you're you're asking yourself the, this question over and over again. Let me, let me give it to you. In verse 35, it says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Hmm. Boy, I think a lot of people may wonder that. Sometimes when hard things happen in our lives, we go through difficulties and uh, we feel miserable on the inside. Maybe we feel miserable in our health. We begin to question God. God, where are you? Are you here? I don't feel you, God. Well, regardless of whether we feel that he's here or not, listen to what it says in answer to this question. Let me read the question again. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Here's the answer. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness, or peril, or sword. Yet in all these things we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So you understand what he's trying to say? I think that God is assuring us that he will be faithful, that he will be there with his presence all of our lives for the rest of the journey. The faithfulness of the presence of God is what I see in verses 35 down through verse 39. The faithfulness of the presence of God. You know, I think it is in Psalm 46 and verse 1 where the Lord says that he will be a refuge. But part of him being a refuge and a rock, he says is, I will be a very present help in a time of trouble. So God is always there. He's with you right now. Wherever you are and whatever you're going through, 
I know that many times we question him and we begin to wonder, where are you, God? I've felt that way before in my life. But God has always assured me that he is there. He is for me, not against me. He is, you know, like the song, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. That is an incredible friend that would be right there at the throne of God at his right hand, constantly interceding for us and for our needs. Also, what a wonderful friend he is to provide for us a wonderful future ahead. It's beautiful when you consider the paradise of God where there's no more sorrow, there's no more death, there's no more sickness. Hey, there's no more separations. That's a wonderful future that we have to look forward to with the Lord. But then also to think that even though we are sinners and we deserve a great penalty, that now we are relieved of that penalty. Jesus has paid our debt so that we are no longer entering into eternity as debtors, but our debt's been paid by Christ. That's what grace, that's what God's favor is all about. But maybe you would say, yeah, I know about eternity and I know about heaven, but I need to know that right now in what I'm going through, that there's something that can help me to make it through this. I have one final aspect of our um, spiritual inheritance in Christ that I would like to leave with you. I'm going to call it fortitude. I'm going to call it God's strength, his power, the fortitude through the power of Christ. I think that's what is hinted at in verse 37. Before I read that verse again and we kind of close things out, I want to ask you, have you ever heard the old saying, good things sometimes come in small packages? Hey, I like that. Good things sometimes come in small packages. I remember the look on my wife's face when I gave her the engagement ring. I remember the look on my face when she said, yes. I remember when we stood at an altar and we exchanged rings. You know, rings are very small, aren't they? They come in little bitty boxes, but they mean so much. What about when your firstborn was was uh, first placed in your arms? Well, didn't you realize this is a small little treasure, but oh, how the value is off the charts. Well, there is unlimited power and unlimited value in one little word found in verse 37. It's just a two-letter word. Let me read it to you. It says, yet in, I in, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Hey, I love the Marvel series. I love to watch those superheroes at their best. But you know, I find this absolutely incredible because as much as I love Marvel and all the superheroes and so forth, I just can't help but be more in awe of our Lord Jesus Christ and what he's saying. What he's saying to me is that, Victor, even though you feel weak, my strength can be so powerful in your weakness. And so that's why he says, yet in all these things, of course, the context of these things would be when I'm going through tribulation, when I'm going through distress, when I'm going through persecution, when I'm going through famine, nakedness, peril, sword, even death. He says, no matter what it is, 
in all these things. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. I remember being asked to pray for our local high school football team uh, one night before a football game. I taught them one verse. I said, all you need is one verse tonight. It's Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I can't tell you the enthusiasm as I got those guys to repeat that over and over again before they went out that night and I prayed for them. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Did you know that you are more than a conqueror? Wow, that's a powerful concept to consider right there, but it's only through Christ. So just think, I mean, don't act like you are a spiritual pauper. No, listen, if you are a born-again Christian, you're a child of the King, and you are inheriting an incredible spiritual inheritance from the one who loves you so much that he didn't even hold his son back. His son said, let me go, Father. Let me pay the price for them, Father. And so the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity work together in complete unison to bring us a wonderful salvation. Maybe you're saying, but I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm in his family or not. Well, you can know. You know, the Bible says, these things I've written to you who believe in order that you may know that you have eternal life. I want you to know. I really do. I want you to be with me up there in heaven and to be with Jesus and others in heaven someday. So that's why I want to close out our time together with just a prayer. And if you don't know him, then the Bible says the one that calls upon him, he will be saved. It's like a promise, just like all of these wonderful things are a promise. So it's waiting on you. All it takes is for you to respond to God's Spirit. You know, we're praying that God will use these broadcasts to draw people to Himself. Maybe we've been praying for you. I don't know you by name, but I know that God made you, and I know that you're very special to Him, and He loves you. And Jesus went to the cross to pay the price for your sins, not just mine, all of our sins. And so just know that he's waiting on you. He'll be waiting for you when you cross home plate. He'll be waiting there so you can be safe in the arms of Jesus. Let's pray to him now. Would you pray with me? Lord, I thank you so much for my friends that have joined me today. Uh, Lord, I thank you that you love them, you love me. Uh, I, don't, I do not understand why you chose to love us first, but you did. You're the one that made the first move, and we're so grateful. Lord, if I have any friends out there that are listening to this broadcast who do not have that personal relationship with you yet, I pray they would do that now. It's not complex. It's not hard. It's not difficult. All it requires is for them to say, I'm going to turn from my sin, and I'm going to turn to Christ. I believe he died for me. I trust him that he paid the price for my sins on the cross and he rose from the dead so that I can go to heaven and be with God for eternity someday. So bless them. Lord, thank you for every Christian that's listening to this. I pray that you would bless them as well. Help them if they're feeling down and discouraged. Help them to know that they have so much that is available to them in Christ. Oh, dear Spirit of truth, 
I know that one of the roles that you have is you want to declare to us all that is ours in Christ. I believe you delight, Holy Spirit, in helping believers to understand all that is available in Christ. And so would you just speak to them through this passage and other passages today? I pray that you would remind them that they are a child of the King. Oh, Lord, thank you that you give your children the very best. We love you for it. We love you for who you are. We thank you for your great heart. But uh, just bless each one as they go through their day today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, thanks again for sitting with me today. I just pray that God will give you his best, that he'll lead you and guide you. Don't forget, if you're ever looking for a great passage to just spend some time with the Lord in, I recommend wholeheartedly Romans 8. It's a great one. Have a great day. This is a ministry of First Baptist Church located at 1700 Milam Street, Columbus, Texas.